Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. All right. Guess what? What? It's episode six. Episode six, season three, baby. Now, listen. I'm sure you folks at home, I'm sure you can tell, uh, my voice, it ain't going to be pretty this, this, this episode. Okay. You're going to have to, you're gonna... it's never really, it's oh, never really on. Pretty, Why are we doing this? I mean? This is not a, it's not necessary. Well, come on now. Don't even conscious. Just take right. it. Listen, it's <laughs> rough because I was, uh, over enthusiastic this weekend. My son had his first basketball tournament and I'm his head coach and, uh, the kids did fabulous, uh, held their own against some tougher, tough, top seeded teams in a different division. Like we're Division Three, they're Division One. We held our own. We won oh, one game, but we that's lost what I'm talking two. About. But the second one we lost, punching above exactly. your weight. The second one we lost was 38-31. We were right in it. We were honestly, we could we could beat them, no problem. And again, they're a much stronger team than than we are. But or sorry, they're considered to be a stronger team. Like we're just a small country little place of like eight hundred people, and we're playing against Ottawa teams. Right, we got no business, but we we did it, man. We're we're strong now. Uh, unfortunately, oh, it, you got in there. It's effect on my voice, so so just put up. With S- it. Speaking speaking of strong, we got a hell of a strong show I for you so. today. First first and foremost, we're going to get into some of these signings over the past couple yeah, of weeks. Happening? Then we're gonna then we're gonna throw it in. Then we're gonna really dive into around the boards with uh, a couple of teams that. You know what? You could kind of go one way or the other with here. We're going to talk about the Kraken a little bit, and we're going to talk about the Blues a little bit later on. Of course, we're going to come at you with Check My Fanny week one of the CFHL season as well. Uh, And then, of course, we're going to finish things off with Beauties and the Beast. And, of course, we do have to mention two guys, a league and guest, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and also DraftKings, our lovely sponsor. Yeah. Marty, are you ready to get into some of these signings, bud? Because I tell you what, I had a plethora of my own players yeah. on my fantasy team start, start signing contracts, <laughs> apparently. So they better start playing well. They better start producing because they're getting their cash now. So I better have a good year, first and foremost. But <laughs> did you want to start us off with the... Uh, with some of these signings, sure. uh, number one former Brigand player, uh, Mister One, Mister Devin, ah Mr. yes, Devin Tays, who I you know I I did him and Haw about this guy like I'm like oh man I should probably really protect him but at the end of the day it is Cal McCarr's team so that's one of the reasons why I let him go but I mean the second he goes down Devin Tays slots right in there so that that's the good thing about Tays on this team right like you can rely on him defensively and if you have to you can lean on him offensively it's not an issue right now i know he's struggling a little bit but again that's because his role kamakar is there his role is a little diminished and they've only played how many games has colorado played two two or three actually i think it I is like two, eh? i feel I it's just two, two because the car i believe has three points in two games or it's four points in three games it's something right. like that but anyways um but yeah seven years 7.25 aav that's a hell of a steal that's wow. a hell of a steal because oh, this kid will eventually produce at his usual pace, which is somewhere between 50, 60. Um, I got no issues with it, especially considering the cap is going up very soon too. This is going to look phenomenal. It already. Does. Oh, it, I mean, you, you said it, Marty. It's, it, it, it's going to, it's going to age like a fine wine bud because I'm telling you right now, 7.25 million for that yeah. guy. Like, listen, if 
it, it's a little bit apples and oranges because the teams are in a little bit of a different spot. But if you kind of compare what Darlene and Power have signed oh, for okay. and what Makar and Taze have signed for, hey, if I'm Joe Sackick, I'm looking at those contracts and I'm like, man, that is some wicked, wicked yeah. value. Now, I understand Makar signed his a couple of years back and, and he was right up there at 9 million. I think he's 9, 9.5 maybe um for uh from a car he was right up there when he signed that that contract so of course there's going to be some of these uh some of these uh contracts coming up over the next few years that will uh obviously kind of beat that or kind of head head over top of it so to speak but when you compare that the, the 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 colorado signings to the buffalo signings man oh man they've really got some great deals over there in colorado right now gonna age like a fine wine like i said Great, great deal. I mean, he's a great player, and they they got him for two second round picks. Oh, is that what it was? The Islanders got two second rounders wow. for this guy. Like, it's just wow. from from whichever angle you want to look at it from from uh, Joe Sackick's point of view. It's a win. He it, it's just a killer, killer deal, killer deal to get him. A great deal right now as well. So, I mean, you, you just can't go wrong with that. I was actually surprised at the dollar value. Yeah. He's obviously taking a little bit of a hit. To, uh, to stick around in a great situation. And you know what? I, I really do wish more players would do that yeah. because, look, I mean, Marty, you and I both know, potentially Taze could hit, you know, an 8.5 maybe. Probably gets a million more on the market. Probably less years, but though. He under- and probably less years. But he, but he understands where he's at. And... That's what I appreciate from the player, and I hope that more players do this moving forward. I mean, yes, the cap's going to go up, so there's obviously going to be some guys that are going to, you know, want to cash in the whole nine yards. But Taze knows exactly, like, he he knows he's not the main guy, but he also knows that he's a big piece of the puzzle. Yes. I mean, you lose Taze. Now, you know, again, when we've talked about it before, Marty, people maybe not being in the right spot in the lineup and having to kind of punch above their weight, yeah. so to speak. Well, you got Taze in there, and now you've got that first pairing set up for years here. Like, it's easily another five years, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So, great deal. Cannot go wrong whatsoever yeah. there. Um, moving on from him, we're, we just mentioned him, Owen Power, seven years, 8.35 million AAV. Now, from the Buffalo standpoint... Like, if we're going to compare the whole Colorado-Buffalo, Colorado's looking pretty good here with those deals. But in regards to Buffalo, like, to me, that, that's a good that's a good move. That's a good move. He, I mean, eight. you and I both know that both his deal and Darlene's, with that cap going up, and, and that's the thing with a lot of these players that we're going to mention here, folks. With the cap going up, these deals are going to continuously look better here because i mean you're a guy like hellebuck maybe three four years down the road could pop up to a 9.5 maybe even 10 million depending on where the cap is here but owen power for the next seven years you just locked up darlene for the eight so for for the better part of a decade here you are locked into your first pairing at the very least you've got two of your top fours ready to rock and roll i mean it's a little early, and I know you're going to be touching on that a little bit here in a second. But I kind of equate this a little bit to what the Senators were doing as well. And by extension, what Buffalo has been doing here over the past month, month and a half. They are 
locking in who they feel is part of that core moving forward. I mean, you had Norris Batherson, uh, um, Kachuk, Stutzler, oh, like no, you yeah. had th- that whole thing in about a year and a half too. <laughs> so with, with Ottawa doing it, great move. I mean, Batherson criminal at under 6 yeah. million. We're going to be talking about some of these players. Uh, you know, maybe I'm thinking of Dylan Cousins, I think is under eight, if I'm not mistaken. So Stuff like that is going to look really, really good here down the line. But I know you want to you want to get a few words in here about Owen Power. Oh, I just basically to echo what you've already said. This one does come off a little bit premature, um, but it it's not wrong. Like like you said, they kind of want to put they want to solidify their core and kind of take that out of their minds, right? Like, okay, th- guys, settle in, get comfortable. This is who we are. So I see no issues with this. I do this. I do see this feeling better and better with age just like you were mentioning earlier uh like a fine wine that kind of thing um so i don't while again actually i think i said similar things about uh when they did that with thompson where i felt it was a bit premature as well then yep came back to bite me in the ass because as it turns out he is pretty good so and not that i doubted his value back or doubted his skill level at that point i just i i i had issues with kind of jumping the gun now I still feel that way, but I do feel like that's kind of the landscape of the NHL right now. All these GMs are kind of doing that. They want to give their core some relief and understand that this is who you are. Get comfortable with each other because there's a lot to be said about your mm. your your core players feeling very comfortable with each other and not having to worry about, well, what's my contract going to look like? Instead of going with a three or four year which again is is what Anaheim did, which is why it's it's a bit weird to me. Um, but you give them that three four year deal. What happens in three and four years? So it's hard to get comfortable and mm-hmm. and really solidify yourself within that. Whereas if you've got your massive core of like five or six or four or five players signed for six seven years, I mean, I in my opinion at this point, it's actually a very good strategy considering the cap is going to go up. Do it now before you have to do it later, and it'll cost you even more. So there's nothing wrong with doing it. But again, Owen Power might feel a little premature, but it it, it makes sense in terms of what Buffalo is trying to do. So let's team up a little bit on these next two here, Marty, since they're both from the same team. uh, Both signed the the exact same contract. Seven years, 8.5 million AAV for both. Mark Scheifele, number one centerman for the Winnipeg Jets. And of course, they're starting goaltender in Connor Hellebuck. Um, for, for me, Marty, I have to say, a little bit surprising in regards to yeah. both of them. Um, I, With the way things had played out over the summer, in particular with Hellebuck, uh, with him being an American, we've kind of touched on this a little bit in some previous shows, with him being an American and, you know, he, obviously he sounds like he... he, he you know, went to the team and kind of said, you know, listen, I think, uh, I think it's time to maybe move on here. However, that kind of worked itself out. It definitely got into the media that, you know, he was maybe looking for a little bit of a change and didn't really want to go through any kind of a rebuild or any kind of a retool in Winnipeg. Um, fast forward, of course, here to uh, a couple of days before the, the start of the season and both of them get signed. Um, again, surprising a little bit for me in both cases, but I will say this. I think Winnipeg needed to do this. I think they needed to sign both of these guys. Um, With the pieces that you got back in the Pierre-Luc Dubois deal, you did not get futures. 
Um, you could argue maybe Rasmus Kupari sure. playing on the fourth line is still a little bit of a future. But in regards to Alex Ayafalo and Gabe Velarde, uh, you know, you're getting some plug and play a little yeah. bit here. Guys that you can put right into the lineup. So, you know, if we look at this, if we look at this from the other angle and Shifley leaves and, and, and Hellebuck leaves, it, you know, it, it seems like maybe they would have missed the boat on that Pierre-Luc Dubois deal because if that's the way it was going to play out, you probably do want to go a little bit harder with futures, i.e. first round picks, maybe some really, really A prospects, that kind of thing. Um, but I will finish it off. I think this is a great move for the Winnipeg Jets and their organization. And I also think that this is a smart move on both parts for both Shifley and Hellebuck. I know that Hellebuck was looking for a little bit more in regards to AAV. Seven years at $8.5 million. Can't really be sneezing at that. And again, you know, we talked about it a little bit, uh, you know, uh, over the course of the week here, Marty. And Shifley, number one centerman. I mean, these guys just don't grow on trees, yeah. right? So to have both of these guys commit to you, in particular, Hellebuck being American, um, you know, to win, and, 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 and you know, you, you've mentioned this before as well, Marty, especially in winter peg, um, th- that says a lot. And, uh, you know what, I'll, I'll toss it over to you, uh, and, and get your thoughts on this as well. Well, that's exactly it. Like it, it says a lot for not just Winnipeg to be able to sign, sorry, not just for Winnipeg to be able to re-sign, uh, their, you know, not just their starting goalie, but one of the best goalies in the league. It says a lot about Canadian teams. Uh, to see something like that, it's it shows that it can happen. Yeah. It's very promising. Uh, you know, the whole story of like, well, you know, Americans play in, in Canada. It's it's colder. They get taxed more, that kind of thing. It's not as big as a market. Well, listen, at the end of the day, there's no bigger market for hockey than in Canada, quite frankly. Um, everybody in Canada is going to talk about the, the signing of one team in Winnipeg, whereas in the States, you sign in Arizona, somebody in New York doesn't give a shit. Like it's it's not as big a news. So yes, maybe our market is smaller, but it is it's the entire nation, right? So with Shifley, I was surprised because I really did see value in trading him, getting what you can out of him now because he still has high value. So you could have gone out mm-hmm. and gotten some very good young prospects out of this. That being said, flip the script. Nothing wrong with this. Um, nothing wrong with sign, like you said, a really good point of game player who i'll say this though about him i hope now he takes a stronger leadership role with this because i find again i don't know what goes on behind closed doors but he does come off as very sort of soft-spoken there's no drama around him and, and there shouldn't be and that's good but i do want it to feel like on the ice like he's making his presence known with that team off the ice i just i don't know that i'm seeing that with him but again i think i've said this before I feel there was an issue, and I, I this might just be me reading too much into things, but I feel like there was an issue between Pierre-Luc Dubois being there because Dubois, we all know, is very vocal. He wanted to be the center of attention. Um, they both play the same position, so maybe there was a, a bit of a butting of heads there. I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised. With him out of the picture and two great pieces, like you said, Velarde and Iafalo, having Shifley stay there, I can see him being eager to do that. And I can see Hellebuck being eager to stay there too, because quite frankly, the way they've, they've, they did not go through a rebuild. Winnipeg did not go through a rebuild. They went through a quick retool. And that 
as quickly as Sheveldayoff has done it, is probably one of the most impressive turnarounds. I don't see any reason why this team, especially the way they're they're built right now, the hype that they have coming in is still at a minimal. And that's a good thing because, again, they'll fly under the radar. Last year, they overachieve on making the playoffs. I think this year they make the playoffs. It won't be looked at as an overachieve. However, they're still going to fly under the radar. They're just not going to get that much attention. And quite frankly, that's a good thing. Um, teams that have, like we've said this before, teams that have, feel like they have nothing to lose uh, are probably the most dangerous teams to play against. And now you've just solidified for the next seven years one of the best goalies in the league in Connor Hellebuck and one of the best point-per-game players in Mark Shifley. Um, you know, not a top 10, but somewhere in the top 15. Shifley, maybe 20. <laughs> somewhere between there anyways. And that's a great signing. And everybody else kind of balances out. Rick Bonus was exactly what he's doing with that team. It's well-coached. The lines uh, top to three, like one to three, are very well balanced. Good defense. This is a very good team. I love the signing. And sh- also, kudos to Shovel Day out for keeping it under his hat for as long as he did. That was uh, masterclass. That, that is wow. just to- that is just total Chevy. That like that doesn't surprise me Amazing. at all. Like, yes, I was surprised with the signings, but not surprised at the fact that I was yeah, surprised yeah, yeah. because it's Chev because it's Shovel yeah. Day off. Wow. But I, I totally agree with you. I won't, I won't stick on this too, too long, but I, I do want to uh, point out uh, um, something that you did mention. I, do, I really do feel like uh, Shifley does need to take more ownership of this team with Wheeler going over to New yep. York. I mean, it's time yes. now. I'm not saying that he needs to run around there and, and, and be the king, you know, king shit of Turd Island here. That's not what I'm saying. But what, what <laughs> he does need to be one of the faces of, of, that, of that franchise along <laughs> yeah oh, along with al- along with along with Hellebuck they yes. do need to be kind of these yes. voices that that do stand yep. out now he's been around for a while he was the Jets first pick then the reincarnation of the, the, the Jets 2.0 their first draft pick I mean he, he I, I fully agree with you Marty he does need to take ownership of yep. this team he needs to be uh, part of that leadership group, and he needs to be more vocal. Uh, absolutely, no question about it whatsoever. Um, next up, we got the big boy, oh, Rasmus wow. Dahlin. Um, listen, I, I mean, I've got him on my fantasy team. I see him as one of you know one of the two or three top offensive defensemen in the league. Um, I, I'm I'm happy with the signing. Um, I suppose the initial reaction of 11 million was a little bit surprising. Okay. I had heard a little bit, I had heard a little bit more around the 10 million. So when it did pop up one more million than that, I was like, hey, good for the player. Don't right. get me wrong. Uh, but yeah, I was maybe slightly taken aback at that, but you know what? Again, locking up, you know, if he sees it the same way I do, you're looking at one of the top two or three defensemen yes. offensively yes. in the league. So, okay. So what's the going rate? It's about 11 yeah. million. So you know what? He's kind of right in the wheelhouse here. Um, you know, you, you got him on a uh, on a bridge. Uh, that's that's now come and gone. Uh, I, I think it was a great move. I think locking him up for the full eight, you know, max term, uh, good to go. We, we've seen what he could do, yes. right, Marty? I mean, even though he had his big breakout last year, yes, like he fully busted out last year finally. We saw so many flashes, though, before that, right? And it was just a matter of kind of putting it all together. Ralph Kruger getting the hell out of the coaching position. Granado comes in, kind of lets these guys spread their wings a little bit. Uh, you know, kind of when you when you have the puck, you can play your way. When you don't have the puck, you play right. my way kind of deal. So, uh, you know, it's obviously working out for him. I think it's a great move. I think it's a great move for Buffalo. 
super excited to see what how things are going to play out for this team over the next little while. Um, I mean, I I couldn't be happier, and I'm sure that uh, Buffalo fans are even twice as happy as I am. So, and honestly, like our buddy Neil said on his first morning show last week, Buffalo is basically New Jersey 2.0. So these signings kind of make a lot of yeah. sense because they kind of flow in the same direction, right? And listen, yeah, 11 million comes off as a lot, but in three years from now, when the cap the cap's going to go up 10 to 12 in the next three years. <clears throat> that 11 million is going to feel pretty fine. It'll feel right around, right around where it should be. And this kid's going to probably win you a Norris, a Norris trophy at one point. It might be in, in contention for a couple other ones too. But at the end of the day, what you're talking about is eight years. Now you got eight years with him. You got seven years with Thompson. You got another six with Tuck. I think it is as Skinner's got another six or five left as well. Your core is going to be there for a very long time. And he is a massive piece of that. Um, why would you look at this as a loss in any way, shape, or form? I don't know. Because quite frankly, like you said, Darlene, we've already gotten a piece of it a little bit last year of his explosiveness, and I don't believe we've hit his ceiling yet. So why not, man? I mean, it, honestly, it, it's right in there with everybody else, with all the other defensemen. So it, it, it's a smart sign. It's a signing you kind of had to do as well. You can't. You're not going to let Rasmus Dahlin walk. He's going to get that price at somebody else, and then you're going to regret it down the road because he's just going to put up terrific numbers. So, um, no, I got it's it's a signing that just makes a lot of sense. Uh, I mean, it really does, and I, and to a certain extent, I mean, as as funny as it may be, like what what else are they going to do, right? Yeah, like like you just said, I mean, they're they're not letting this yeah, guy what walk. Do you think? <laughs> so it's like, oh, okay. So so it's like, okay. So now we're at a point where because how 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 long? Yeah, and I mean, the kid's what twenty three, twenty four years old. You got to lock that up. You got all of his prime years in there, ready to rock and roll. So, I mean, you can't go wrong whatsoever. Rasmus Dahlin, you are buying supper yeah. next week. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, let's get, into, let's get into our first team for the week here, Marty. I, I don't know how you feel about these guys, but, man, I, I don't know. Like, this is one of those where it's like totally can go one way, yeah. i.e. playoffs. And totally can go the other way, i.e. completely missing. Now, the question that I ask myself is, what do we make of this team, the Seattle Kraken? Do they make the playoffs for a second year in a row? And was last year a fluke? My answer to that is, decent lineup with some nice pieces. Beneers done, McCann, right? Do they make the playoffs for a second year in a row? I say no. Was last year a fluke? It would suggest yes. I said yeah. yes. Now, 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 maybe fluke is a little harsh. Oh, okay. I think the way I'll say, I think the way I'll say it is this: I am fully expecting the Seattle Kraken to regress oh, okay. this year. Um, now, one thing that we did harp on in regards to this team last year that we cannot harp on for the first three games of the season will be the goal, the play of the goaltending. Right. Save percentages are pretty good. The court, I think, is over 120. And I want to say that Grubauer's in the 110, 116, or sorry, 910, 916-ish area, so to speak. So they're, they're getting the saves. But right now, the issue is offense. And it is dry. <laughs> yeah. They've scored two goals so far this year, and they've had nine, nine against. So listen... And before we go any further, this is a relatively small sample size, obviously. We're three games into the season. But, I mean, you know, 
if if you've been following us over the past couple of years here, in particular last year, Marty and I really wondered how the Kraken kept kept their, their positioning in the standings, so to speak. <laughs> the goaltending was certainly not an area that was giving them any hand whatsoever. No. Oddly enough, the lack of offense that we're talking about right now was on full effect last year. If I'm not mistaken, they were in the top 10 for offense yeah. last year. I want to say maybe even eighth uh, overall, if, if I'm not mistaken. But either way, they were up there in the top, top one-third of the league offense, and it's just not there right now. What worry me, worries me a little bit is everybody knows the affinity that I have for the Calgary Flames, apparently. <laughs> so I see them. I see the Flames obviously making a push for wild card and playoffs. The Coyotes, Marty, we've talked about it a little bit, and we're going to be talking about it more this year. Uh, the Coyotes are looking good, man. Don't sleep um, on I'm them. not saying that these are world no. beaters. You know what? That's really the way to say it, Marty. This is not a team that you want to sleep on. You know, in in, in years past, mm. you know, Arizona, Arizona comes in your home building, probably feeling pretty good about yourself, maybe a nice, easy win, you know, kind of get some apples and some cookies. Well, that's not going to be that way so much anymore. No. I mean, they've got a goaltender that you can argue, uh, you know, keeps them in, in a fair bit of games here. And they are starting to get some, they're really starting to build some talent out there. And I and I, I will say this, and I do want to point this out. Coach Andre Tourigny. Listen, I don't have any insider information and I don't even, I don't have any stories or anything specific. But what I will say is this, I know he's building quite the culture out there because let's face it, Arizona was not a destination that players wanted to go. Even so much as this summer where they, where Cooley mentioned to the media yeah. that because of Mullet Arena and because of the the arena fiasco, he was almost going to stick around uh, at college. Obviously, we know where he is right now. So somewhere along the line, someone turned him. Good call. Uh, at good, least to a certain point. extent. At least to a certain yeah. extent. So things are going well out there in, 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 in Arizona. I won't stay on that too much, but watch out for them. We've seen the Canucks play so far this year, and in you in particular, Marty, I know against your uh, Edmonton Oilers here the first two games of the year, and they beat Edmonton in both games. Uh, now, suffice to say, the Edmonton goaltending did not look good whatsoever, uh, no. and I think that that's the biggest crutch uh, uh, along the way yeah. here. But what I'm trying to say is the Flames, Coyotes, you got the Canucks, and there are some other teams here that, you know, your, your regular kind of uh, Dallas's, your Colorado's, uh, you know, what does St. Louis look like this year? We, we don't really know. That's another one that we're going to get into shortly. So, I mean, suffice it to say, Seattle cannot rest on their laurels here whatsoever. I mean, they're really going to have to pull their socks up. And as as good as they were last year, Marty, they, they may have to be better this year to to you know that yeah to, to really continue to to, to build That's here on the head right there uh, and i just don't and, and i just don't know and i, I ju i'm just not getting the feeling I, I do really feel like there's some regression i mean mccann going off for 40 goals all the power to him happy yeah. for him just don't know if i'm going to see him do that again um you know and, and then on top of it all here right marty i mean they've got games against the avalanche <laughs> hurricane and rangers this week it's like fuck me like you know you're, you're not you're not playing friggin uh bottom feeders here like you're talking about two two massive teams in the in the uh uh metro and a stanley cup champion two years ago it's like guys it, it, if you're gonna figure it out now might be the time so <laughs> i i don't know i'm just not i'm not really too i'm not feeling too high on seattle this year and in particular with the way that things have gone here in the first three games 
Again, small sample size, but Marty, I know you got a few things that, uh, a few thoughts that you want to get in here too. Well, I, I, I'm just going to, a lot of it is echoing what you're saying. So I'll try to pick something else that wasn't said already. And one of them is about Hacksaw. Now, I had my reservations mm. about Hacksaw coming in. Um, I feel he, he turned me last year into um, a, a Hacksaw believer, I guess we'll say. Um, am I still there? Yes. I mean, at the end of the day, the guy really impressed me. Uh, he did very well with his lines. Um, he did. I found he handled Shane Wright's situation actually better than I gave him credit for. I do, however, feel there must be something there that they're that they're holding on to as to why they're not bringing him up yet still because uh, the the time like what he's done in the AHL and obviously the little sample size we had for him or we, we saw of him in the NHL last year he seems quite capable is what I'm getting at and but again Hacksaw has a plan for him so you gotta see it through now, as for this team that's on the ice, uh, so many pieces that make sense. You touched on a few of them, but there's still, um, oh, what's the guy from Colorado? He was in Colorado before. Yorkstrand, uh, no, not Yorkstrand, but uh, Burkowski. Thank you, Burkowski, because I used to have Burk, but, Burkowski. And, and Bjorkstrand, uh, too, as well, to a degree as well. Like, these kinds of players, now they make a lot of sense. They have their depth in there as well. But this is a team that will be driven by that top line. Essentially, they're young pieces, the, the, the 40 goal scorer. But nothing can be done if Grubauer, who is playing well, and like you said, it's just more the offense than the, than the defense right now. If, if Grubauer can hold it together, he can save this team and get them back in the playoffs. But I 100% agree, no matter what Hacksaw figures out, this team will be taking a step back. There's no way they can repeat what they did last year for several reasons. They're not going to surprise anybody anymore. The cat's out of the bag. You got to take mm -hmm. them seriously. As much as you can't sleep on Arizona, you can't sleep on Seattle either. Uh, you show a crack and they'll expose it. They're a good team, well coached, and lots of talent. But I do think, for better or for worse, they're gonna they're they're gonna get in their own way at times, and that's that's just growing pains. I at first I was like, yeah, they'll make the playoffs this year. I I don't know if it, I don't know if I'm convinced of that anymore. Not just because of the small sample size, but just taking a step back mm -hmm. and sort of breathing it in and, and realizing, listen, I think a lot of what happened last year may have been attributed to luck. Um, I I don't know if you can lean on that this year, but who knows? I mean, Grubauer it can do it. He has done it before. He has played solid goaltending in his career before. Um, and there, there's enough talent on this team to do it, but I just think the rest of the team has, has caught up to, or the rest of the team, the rest of the league has caught up to them. And there are too many good teams out there that they're going to have to contend with. And it's going to be a lot harder this year than it was last year. You know, you lose a guy like Daniel Sprong. Now I know that's a third kind of fourth liner, but you know, he really chipped in with, with, uh, with some offense last year. You know, he's out he's, in Detroit yeah. and kind of doing the same thing over there as well. Uh, now, I mean, I mean, for, for me, I think. I kind of like their forward group. I really don't think their forward group is all all that bad. I mean, you know, you got that first line of McCann, Beniers, and Eberle. Second line of Bjorkstrand, Wenberg, and Schwartz. Nice. You know, you even have a third line here of Eli Tolvin and Yanni Gordon, Andre Burakovsky. Yeah. Like you and I both know that 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 third that that third line can can start to do some damage. And listen to the fourth yeah. line: Ty Cartier, uh, Pierre Edward Belmar, and uh, Yamamoto out there in Seattle now. So. 
forward group is quite serviceable. I, I, I suppose I'll put it that way. I don't know if that's, you know, doing them an injustice, but, I, you know, they're, not, again, not world beaters, but that's a lineup that I can work with. When you start to look at the defense and defensive pairings, that's where it yeah. kind of, yeah, you know, I mean, you got Vin, Vince Dunn, you know, your your, your big gun, uh, Adam Larson, big boy, but you know, Jamie Alexiak, same thing, uh, William Borg, uh, uh, Borgen, Brian Dumoulin, and Justin Schultz. So it, it's that kind of defense that seems, you know, somewhat shaky to me. And, and then to touch upon it again here, Marty, with uh, Grubauer, I mean. You know, both of them are over a 900 save percentage this year as compared to last year, uh, in particular with Grubauer. Decord, I think, was in the minors, but uh, Grubauer was, uh, you know, under yeah. eight. Uh, he was sub 900 save percentage. So, you know, they're going to need what they're doing now and more if they're going to have any chance of really kind of making some damage uh, in the uh, in the Western Conference. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be in a bit of an uphill battle here with the way they started out the year and, you know, just such good teams with your Colorados, your Dallases. Uh, you know, you got Edmonton out there. Um, you know, Las Vegas, Los Angeles. You know, again, Calgary. I think is going to be up there. Vancouver and Arizona. So now you, you start things start starting to get a bit jammy at that point, oh, right? Yeah. So they got to kind of figure it out here, particularly on the offensive side. So you know, I'm just kind of mentioning how how they're quite serviceable. So they better start kind of getting you know putting pucks in the back of the net here. Or they're going to find themselves in an even deeper hole. So. You know, I mean, best of luck to you, Seattle, but see a little bit of regression coming here for you. St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was sit sitting down here, kind of was kind of deciding who we were going to kind of talk about a little bit. And I just kind of said to myself, you know what? I think we're going to go with some teams this year or some teams this week where I'm just not sure. And when it comes to St. Louis, listen, I'm going to preface all of this by saying, if I'm not mistaken, in 2019, I believe right at about that half point in the season. If I'd have to go back and double check, but I know there was a year, and I think it was that year where Doug Armstrong started selling off some pieces. He saw his team maybe not making the playoff. And obviously we know what happened. They went on a massive run. Uh, Bennington gets in there, you know, brings them to the cup. They win the cup final in 2019. But I believe that January or December, January, if I'm not mistaken, Doug Armstrong started moving around a couple of pieces. Well, he did it again last year. And he ended up getting himself a couple of first-round picks uh, on top of his, uh, you know, this, the Blues' own first-round pick. You know, they ended up getting Dalibor Dvorsky at 10th overall, uh, Otto Stenberg at 25th, and Theo Lindstein at 29. Add in Jimmy Snuggerud, who was their 23rd overall pick uh, in 2022, and there's some youth here on the way. Yeah. We, Marty, we both know it doesn't take five and six years for this, this youth to show up in your lineup anymore. So... I, I got to say, I really do like what uh, Armstrong is doing. Uh, last year, he just saw that the team wasn't going to, it just wasn't there. It wasn't going to happen for them last year. So he starts moving out some pieces again, starts getting in some youth. And and that's on top of that that uh, roster that they already have yeah. too. I mean, you still have guys like uh, Braden Shen, uh, Boots Navich. You got Brandon Saad, um, you know, Sammy Blay, Kevin Hayes. You got Jacob Rana there now. Uh, of course, Kairou and Thomas on that first line with Boosh. Um, this team is absolutely not devoid of talent whatsoever. No. Um, you know, even some of the even some of the younger players who are uh, pushing their way in the lineup, a Jake Neighbors or Alexei Tor uh, Torpashenko. Like, I, I don't think they're far off, Marty. 
I mean, they're, where are they at the end of this year? That's that's kind of the the question we're going to try and, and and answer here before we before we leave the segment. But they're not they're not far off. Like, and, and then you, you th- start thinking about some of these top picks that they've got coming in here over say the next two or three years. And I mean, Marty, if things go their way, and and, and if Bennington can continue playing the way he started this year here, I, I mean, playoffs is not. Uh, out of the question i'm not saying it's a foregone conclusion but it certainly isn't out of the question that is the biggest question of it all though right is what kind of player are we getting in jordan binnington this year because uh if (laughs) one thing that i it really lies on it does uh honestly it does and and it's it's tough to well no i shouldn't say it's tough he you know obviously signed the contract it's a lot of money he's going to sign anyone's going to sign it but also with it comes responsibility and the way he reacted last year was not mm. responsible at all. Um, he took his frustrations out in the wrong places, and I believe at one point Barubra even called him out. He said, "Stop it with the antics and just stop the damn puck." Um, and yeah. sorry, yeah. I may have added the damn part, but still, the point was the message was heard. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if over the summer Barubra had a sit-down conversation with him and said, "Listen." You can't do that again this year. You're going to have to come in a lot more focused, a lot more mature. Um, and listen, forget about the contract. Okay, Forget about the years. Forget about what people are saying, overpaid, whatever. Block all that noise out. Play the game that got you that contract and everything will be fine. We know you can get there. Just settle it the fuck down. And if things start going crazy, figure out a better way to deal with it. Because the way you dealt with it was like watching a kid throwing a tantrum. And it was embarrassing, um, not just for himself, but for the club as well. And that you can't behave that way when you're supposed to be one of the leaders because, yes, you do have this big contract. You're going to be leaned on for several years. You're a cornerstone piece. You have got to lead this team with a better behavior on and off the ice. So knock that shit off. And he can do it. He can. And you're right. Like right out of the gates this year so far looks good, looks promising. Um, you know, small sample size. You can't really rest on it yet. Uh, or ever really you never really should but still it's a big question mark because you're right like looking at their <laughs> talent their forward up and down there there's no reason why they can't be in every game at least to win it they're, they got a solid group uh defense is a little questionable but you know if bennington's got the back end sewn up then you should be fine no you know what marty and i i gotta commend you that it's a really really great point i mean listen Bennington's got another four years, okay? Jesus, he's got this four. year and another three God after. Damn. He's got another four. He's got another four years at six million dollars, okay? And and you know what? He's done it. I yeah. mean, re- regardless of how you feel about this player, whether you like him, whether you don't like him, whether you think he's a head case, whatever yeah. it is, he has a Stanley Cup in his back pocket, okay? Twenty nineteen. He's a Stanley Cup champion. He knows what it takes to get there. He's been through it, like you know. Plain and simple, Marty, I couldn't have put it any better. Someone had a discussion with him somewhere along the line this summer. And it was, listen, dude, you're our guy. Okay, like you're our guy. Like who the hell else is a guy? It's not Joel Hoffer. And I'm not saying that Joel Hoffer is not going to be a great goaltender. He's somebody I was keeping an eye on as a future star. But but at the same time, it's Bennington. It's four years. It's another four years at six million. We're talking $24 million here over the next four years. It's him. So somewhere along the line, somebody had to had to say exactly what you mentioned and get his head right for this coming year. And it certainly seems like that has been the case so yeah. far. Um, 
you know, plain and simple, Marty, no matter no matter how I think about that defensive core, which is actually quite nice, uh, quite deep as far as I'm concerned, um, and the forward group is a really, really yeah. good forward group. Um, it, it, again, we, we go back to Bennington. It really is going to lie with him. How far can he take this team? Uh, you know, it, it, flat out, he's just going to have to get it done, and he's going to have to get out of his own head. It seems like it's happening this year so far, and good on them. And good on the player because he's better than what he's shown over the past couple of years, Marty. Flat out. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're a few years removed here now from the Stanley Cup. So the game, like, games are over there. He's a 30-year-old guy. Like, let, let's let's get it going here. Let, let's let's get this taken care of. we got a good team. Let's move forward. So, uh, and I mean, the only other thing I'd have to say about, uh, about the Blues is uh, you may want to stash any of them this week. They only have a couple of games this week, so... Uh, Arizona and Pittsburgh, again, you know, Arizona, we know how we feel about them. Pittsburgh, you know, reloading again here for another run. Uh, so you may want to hold off on uh, any Blues players this week just to to be safe with only two games, uh, depending on who else you've got to put in the lineup, mind you. Always, um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, St. Louis. St. Louis, I think if, if Bennington can give them above-average goaltending, I think this is a wild-card team. I, I, I yeah. do. Again, and I know we're repeating ourselves here, but man, it's got to be Bennington flat out, man. Uh, all right. Well, we're about to head into uh, check my fanny. Uh, lots, of, lots to talk about. That it was a good week. Good first week. Um, but uh, quickly before that, we're going to take a short commercial break to hear uh, to have a few words from our sponsors, uh, DraftKings. And we'll be right back. The NFL season is going strong. And DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. The Thursday Nighter sees the Kansas City Chiefs open up as 10.5 points favorites over the lowly Denver Broncos. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877 H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 In Connecticut help is available for problem gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org Please play responsibly On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort Kansas Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Los Angeles. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And we are back with Check My Fanny Simple. and Week One, Marty, yes. of the uh, CFHL for our, I believe this is our 
you know, I really got to get this down. I think it's our 26th there, season yeah. this year. It is. yeah. If it isn't 26, it's 27. Yeah. We were way off. We so about I know it's 30 right. years last year. Remember that? And we were way yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know we were a little, we, we were a little way off on that, off. but that's okay though. That's okay. We're, hey, listen, when you're having that I'm much fun, jealous. right? Like, I mean, come yeah. on now. <laughs> so week one uh, in the CFHL, uh, some big wins from yours truly, your favorite co-host. Um, Marty takes down, uh, you had the Cougars yeah. this week, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so you took Ryan down this week. Um, pretty healthy, pretty healthy margin there. Not too, too bad. Yeah. Most of it uh, came on Saturday here. though. And I had a few chip in on Saturday. Yeah. You had a big Saturday. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I did. So the Brigands, Marty's team takes down the Cougars 43 to 32. Um, big matchup, uh, for me to start off the year, uh, playing the defending champ. And I was able to hold them off. Uh, 42 to 39. Um, I had a pretty big Saturday is really kind of what uh, turned the tide there. Um, the Pawn Hogs uh, and their uh, march up the standings begin oh, yeah. uh, in earnest this week. They beat the Demons 36 to 23. And the high score for the week to the Apocalypse, 52 points. Uh, totally demolished your dad, uh, the Buccaneers, uh, who ended up with 24. So uh, we've got uh, the Apocalypse and the dragons leading the how division and we've got the pawn hogs and brigands that are uh, le are uh, leading the gretzky division so you know what pretty good first week uh quite the week by your brother i yeah. must say uh in regards to the 50 plus points here um of course jay was another one that kind of uh kind of popped out in my head here 40 plus yeah. points for him as well um sorry hey, who? listen jason good start for good Yep, Jason. Jason didn't, didn't, yep, Jason Jay. did not have 40-some points. He had 36. Uh, what did he? 36, my bad. Sorry. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe I was expecting him to hit over 40. Um, back and forth, back and forth affair between uh, uh, myself and uh, and Scott. And then, of course, you uh, you just took things uh, bull by the horns here. Well, and... there was the the week was an interesting one because I really I emotional roller coaster. The, the the night the week started out good. Uh, I felt all right, like, all right, I can probably win this. And then, of course, typical Ryan fashion, he comes back in midweek and he takes over the lead. And I'm, and I'm like, nah, OK, this is where I, I fall back to earth and my guys just aren't going to do it. But then, yeah, like I mentioned, Saturday, big game. But what really did it for me, too, I found that was on Sunday. He didn't have any players on Sunday whatsoever. Now, granted, I had a lead, no. had a healthy lead going to Sunday already, so I didn't need it. However, if I did need it, I had those four players, which was Tarasenko, Chikrin, um Stamkos and someone else oh Burns um I believe playing on Sunday so it goes oh. to show you that like you know planning ahead making sure you've got someone on a on your last night you know not going into a, a night where you're empty-handed it goes a long way but for Joel uh I just want to touch quickly on that like what's funny about him with the big week 52 and now this is going to sound ridiculous you know he's got McDavid who had three points that's a slow week for McDavid. Uh, two games, three points. So he got, he was able to achieve 52 points on the back of things like Saros with five points, was had a shutout and a win. Um, actually, even Anderson with the, the two dubs. But then McCarr and Hamilton, both of them with five points each. Pedersen with six. Uh, this is, of course, sorry, this is, of course, in our league where defensemen get an extra point for a goal. So McCarr and Hamilton each had two goals and an assist. So that translates to mm -hmm. five points right there, right? Um, Patrick Laine, you know, with a goal and assist. Kucherov, two assists, two goals, three assists for Kevin Fiala. 
Kevin Fiala, and that's a big one too right there where, uh, you know, not part of Joel's team made that trade. Uh, Alex Debrinkat early pickup in the, um, in the, uh, oh no, did he trade for Debrinkat? Or did he get him in the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, no, he, he traded. traded for him. Yeah, that's right. Traded with Ryan. So Joel did a great job in retooling his team, and these pieces are are are, are paying off dividends early. So this is great stuff uh, to see. Which is funny too, right? Because Joel was quick to say this is one of his worst drafts he's ever had, um, and mm-hmm. he might still be right about that. But at least his, his trading skills are still very much there. So um, you know, great up and down team. Even his bench still managed 13 points as well. Like Bennington, he's got him, you know, three points there. Gosses pair with two assists. Fowler with a goal and assist. Reinhardt with a goal and assist. Nielsen, or uh, Nelson, sorry, uh, Brock Nelson, who, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna yeah, 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 he's dude. gonna make us both eat crow for sure. <laughs> he 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 is going to make me eat crow. I just I'm getting the feeling I don't know, but I'll I'm sticking to my guns though. I'm sticking to my guns yeah, about Brock should. Nelson. That's the end of that. But yes, we did. Uh, we we've talked a lot about uh, Bennington. I just want to mention one more thing. Dole uh, did make a quick trade before the start oh, of the right. season. Um, the Apocalypse are owners of one Andre Vasilevsky, and uh, he needed to uh, get himself a little bit of uh, reinforcements. Made a quick trade uh, with uh, Tom, sending uh, Dylan Gunther from Arizona uh, over Tom's way. So Tom gets another uh, young piece to add to the uh, to the puzzle, and of course Joel gets. Uh, well, I'm sure he was just hoping to have kind of a warm body, but uh, certainly a little bit more than a warm so. body to start off the season. So I'm sure that Joel's pretty happy with that. So and sorry, and um, one so one last piece about Joel's team that is so under the fucking radar, and shame on all of us, is uh, when Patrick Kane decides to play for whatever team he's going to play for, Joel's got him stashed in the bench, just sitting there waiting. It's going to be like a huge deadline deal trade that's just going to come in and you know what revive a team that's already yeah. in first like what the fuck so smart smart well, move. we'll, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to see like, again small sample size first yeah, yeah. week right yeah. so we don't want we don't want to hand out no. the cup to anybody quite quite yet I'll take it. but uh but yes i mean i mean well yes yeah, so would i i mean i actually have it still at my home Shut up. um <laughs> loving it loving it too poor scott sorry poor scott. scott um yeah poor scott i could send it here later um but um <laughs> No, I won't do that. I just well, can't. Well, fronts you the too, money, sure. Cherish it too much. <laughs> well, if he fronts me the money, that's a whole different story. There you go, Scott. Give me some cash and you got a trophy. Um, so, yeah, there, I mean, there's week one for uh, for the CFHL. Lots going on. Um, I, quite, like I say, course of one trade. Um, hey, you know, we got to start somewhere. Everybody did. Whether you won or lost, it's only the one week. Yeah. So another 25 or 26 of them to go. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's buckle in here, folks. Um, moving on. Beauties and the Beast. Let's do it. We have got some great stuff for you this week. Like, I mean, some good stuff. You very much. Marty, yeah. are you thinking that you'd like to start us off this week, or should I just get right into it here? Oh, I don't mind. You know what? Well, go ahead. I think I'm just going to get right into it. Brock Besser, one of my beauties for the week. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of info at the same time here. The Canucks are playing a three-game uh, week, so uh, if you're a Besser owner, if you got JT Miller, maybe a Demko or a Quinn Hughes, you probably want to put these guys in your lineup this week. But uh, for Brock Besser himself, two games played, four goals, one assist, five points. He's plus three in, uh, plus three in 1733 of time on ice. Um, this is a guy I took a little peek at um, as we were ma- as we were going through our draft, thought about it, 
um, the only reason that really held me back was that I'm, uh, I already own, um, JT Miller. Didn't want to put too many eggs in one basket that way. Um, but I'll tell you what, um, after a couple of rough years, both personally and, and in mental capacity for, uh, Besser with the passing of his father, um, he, you know what? He's coming pretty clear this year. Uh, I, I think he wants to get back to where he knows he can be. Um, and obviously that's without a doubt, 30 goal score, you know, probably pushing 70, 70 points, 75 points. Um, and, and he's off to a really great start. Yes. All four goals were in the one game and then he followed that up with an assist in game two. Um, but I'll tell you what, um, you know, Brock Besser is not a uh, facilitator. He's not a playmaker. This is a guy, you know, pulls the trigger and, don't tell me that he didn't feel great with those four goals in that first game. Oh, yeah. Like that set that that sets you up real nice starting the year on a great on on a good foot. Um, you know, I, I I see some big things for him this year here. Um, I, I mean, you know, he's going to be getting some great exposure to some great players. JT Miller, um, you know, Elias Peterson on on the power play, uh, Quinn Hughes. So, you know, the talents around him and and. I mean, the guy's got a shot. I mean, we, we, we've seen it. We've, it's not like we haven't known of Brock Besser here over the past couple of years. Has he been, you know, production-wise where, where we expect him? No, not at all. But, you know, I think this year, you know, moving moving on from, from uh, you know, some bad things that, that have happened to him and his family yeah. uh, over the past couple of years. And, you know, I, I think he's got a clear head and he's ready to rock and roll. And it certainly looks that way to start off the year. So, I mean, again, if he keeps his current deployment... I see this guy in that 70, 75 point uh, uh, threshold this year. Uh, and, and I would, I, I would move forward with him in that regard. Um, another guy that's kind of caught my eye here over the, over the first week, uh, Andrew Mangiapane. Two, uh, two games played, two goals, two assists for four points, plus two in fifteen forty two of ice time. Um, for those of you who uh, enjoy man game advantage, uh, they, the uh, Flames do have a four game week this week. So anybody from Mangiapane, Lindholm, Huberdeau, uh, if you want to maybe get Erasmus Anderson this week, if you got uh, Uyghur, maybe a possibility. Uh, Markstrom as well, probably want to get him in this week. Um, again, this is kind of uh, the same thing as Besser. He is lining up right now with Huberdeau and Lindholm on that first line. And Marty, if he keeps that deployment, um, you know, we could be seeing career highs from this guy. Uh, you know, he's had, a, he's had a career high of 35 goals. And if he keeps that deployment that he's that he's got right now, we could see him push over that uh, um, 35 goals. I mean, again, down year last year for sure. I mean, I expected you know him to kind of take a a, a step up after yeah. having that 35 goal season. That didn't happen. Yeah. Um, but I mean, listen, you've got Huberto now. That's basically been saying all summer. You know, he's more comfortable. It didn't really jive with uh, uh, Sutter. I mean. A lot of things going in, in the right direction here for, for Calgary, for uh, Huberto, and by extension, Mangiapane. And if, if he can kind of keep this role that he's got going on right now, th this is another one of those, Marty, where, you, listen, you, you don't win. Uh, uh, the, you don't win the championship at the beginning of the season. But you can lose it, right? And if you're able to get your hands on one of a guy like a Mangiapane or a Besser, that's helping you right now, kind of, you know, supp supplementing maybe uh you know some of your top players who aren't getting off to a hot start so to speak so Besser Andrew Mangiapane you're two of my beauties this week the third one and again they're kind of a recurring theme here of a third wheel on a great line right 
We're talking Evan Rodriguez out there in uh, Florida. Two games played, two goals, two assists, four points, plus two. What really stuck out to me, especially for Rodriguez, is 1933, time on ice. That kid has not played that much uh, with any team that he's played with. Um, uh, Maybe the most most he's played with since he was uh, uh, alongside Eichel in Buffalo, for God's sake. So, I mean, he's right alongside that that first line with Carter Verhage and... uh, and Sasha Barkov, and again, I, you know, I know I probably sound like a broken record here, but if this guy can also keep his deployment uh, that he currently has right now, I mean, you're definitely going to be hitting all sorts of career highs here for this guy. Uh, and and you know what, he kind of he fits really great on that on that line. Um, you know, obviously he's played with great players before, so you've got that thing going on. But I'll tell you what, I mean. He's really, really run with this, and, and and he's making the most of it for sure. Uh, you know, this is a guy that, if I'm being honest, Marty, this is nowhere near a guy that I would have saw up on that first line uh, uh, with uh, Barkov and Verhage to, to start the year. Uh, but you know what? Uh, great, great streaming option. By the way, all these guys are great streaming options in uh, in daily fantasy. Um, I mean, if you, and any, and the way they've been playing right now, any one of them, if you, if you can get them on, on your club, uh, or if you do have them, you may want to get them into that lineup. Um, what I'll, the last thing I'll say about Rodriguez is he could be a nice little replacement. Now I know Hall's coming back this week. Uh, the injury wasn't as severe as they thought. Uh, but if you do need some sort of a replacement for Bushnevich, who's uh, injured out there in St. Louis, Rodriguez, Mangiapane, some of these guys, Besser to a lesser extent, you got to figure maybe somebody's yeah. jumped all over him either uh, on their lineup full time or have already grabbed them off the waiver yeah. wire. But uh, Mangiapane and Rodriguez, though, Get him in there. They're great, uh, great injury replacements if you can get your hands on him. My beast for the week, and I've mentioned this and talked about him a little bit, especially after the signing of Jeff Sanderson, uh, Jeff Sanderson, Jake Sanderson in Ottawa. Um, we're talking Thomas Shabbat. Two games played, zero goals, zero assists for zero points. He's a an even an even plus minus right now in 25-25 uh, uh, time on ice. Now, for any of you uh, fans of the Ottawa Senators out there, you may want to hold off on uh, someone like a Shabbat, uh, potentially a Sanderson or a uh, Chikrin. Um, they are playing two games this week. So if you got some some three games or some four gamers, you may want to slide those in and, and stash your, uh, your uh, Senators for the week. Uh, but to get back to Shabbat, um, again, as soon as Sanderson signed that contract, I, I just feel that at some point, and again, this, this I'm going to preface all this by saying this is all if Chikrin does re-sign with Ottawa. If I'm not mistaken, he's got this year and next year. I, I think. think so, yeah. I think maybe maybe he's re, maybe he's a free agent at the end of this year. But I thought maybe there was another year after this. Um, either way, we all see the love in between Chikrin and Ottawa and, and the and the franchise towards him. No, one year after this um, year. So, I mean, you got him for a couple of years here. I, I, I got to be honest with you. I'd be surprised if they walk away from that. And that brings me to Shabbat, where I just don't see that three-headed monster sticking around. And let's call it what it is. I mean, Shabbat's had a 55-point season, but he's never had anything more than that. Um, I, I know the name, and, and a, a lot of it has to do with the time on. I mean, he's had some oh, yeah. massive time on ice uh, seasons here over the past couple of years. He plays a ton. But you can play a ton if you're not scoring. 
you're not really doing anything for a fantasy no. team. So Shabbat, I just, I get, he, he may still end up being the guy who plays the most time on ice. And, and, and for that matter, he may even get the, the more power play time. But the way things have been going so far this year, sanderson has been on the board multiple times. chikrin has been on the board multiple times. I think he scored in multiple oh, yeah. games. Um, I just, I, I just, I see there, there's a, I see a phasing out of Shabbat. Now, again, does it happen this year? I don't know. Does it even happen next year? I don't, I just, Shabbat's going to have to show me something here over the next little while to kind of say like, you know, I am still the big dog because right now you are not, not by a long shot. I mean, you know, here are the other two, just, I'm not going to sit here saying they're piling up points, but they are putting points on the board. And this guy's just sitting there, uh, you know, given all sorts of opportunity and all sorts of time on ice and just can't seem to do anything with it. Um, again, I, I, when it comes to these guys, it's a feeling I've had since Sanderson signed his contract. I don't know. I don't know about Shabbat. I mean, kind of glad I did kind of make a move for him to get Hedman in a couple of years back in my championship season. And, you know, it, it just, you know, even I thought at that point, you know, the Senators were starting to turn a corner, lots of talent. I mean, this guy was just going to get some apples all over the place with that power play. And it just hasn't come to fruition. Thomas Shabbat, you are my beast for the week. You're up. Very you? ironic because as you start with your beast, Thomas Shabbat, I start with my beauty in one Jacob Chitron. Now, the, obviously, this is not to, yes. not to say in a uh, week to week, but more in, in, in the style of fantasy league that we're in where it's more of a dynasty every year. You get to keep him and protect him. Uh, yeah, two-game week. However, <laughs> he has done very good. Two goals, two assists, and three games on 21 minutes uh, time on ice. Now, to go back to Thomas Shabbat for a second, he has, uh, including this year, one, two, three, four, five years left. Starting next year, he has a modified no-trade clause. So there... This is so I made a trade for Thomas Shabbat in the offseason and I debated whether or not to keep him. And when I saw that or I, when I had the inclination uh, after conversations with Scott, who used to own uh, Jacob Chikrin, I got the inclination that he wasn't going to protect him, which I felt then I actually had a solid chance of getting him. I would have loved to do in the swap. Well, sure enough, that's exactly what I did. I did not protect Thomas Shabbat and I went out and I got myself the guy who I agree with you. The guy who will eventually take over this team and get that full trade and sorry and get that full contract that he deserved. The guy's from Ottawa. It's, it's his grandfather, right? Who who was born or yeah. sorry, he came yeah. over, lived in Ottawa, and then father born in Ottawa, and then Jacob born in Ottawa as well. So the the connection is there. Um, the love is there, obviously. So like I don't see any reason how this doesn't translate to a win-win situation for everybody involved. Clearly, there's chemistry with this team already. Clearly, Jacob Chitron has always been a very good team, a very good player on a very bad offensive team. Um, he's had some injuries to, to deal with, but let's remember, he was in Arizona. Not exactly the best of the best in the league because they didn't have enough money. So they may not have had the best support for a player who's going through injuries after injuries after injury maybe now that he's over in ottawa that kind of changes for him again i'm not trying to put arizona down but you know a spade's a spade the, the team is struggling they play out of a place called mullet arena and it's not an nhl arena so all that aside i think jacob chikrin if you can go out and get him and get ready to protect him long term because this is going to translate into some serious numbers down the road i hope uh i see it but I don't know for sure. But I, 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 
it would make sense to me that you would choose Jacob Chikrin over one Thomas Shabbat. At some point, I think Shabbat gets traded. I wouldn't be surprised if it's even this year. Because um, like you said, out of the gate, no points at all. Uh, not really looking very enthusiastic. Um, anyways, Jacob Chikrin, first star. Uh, first beauty, sorry. Uh, next one up, Chandler Stevenson. Two goals, three assists in three games on 17 minutes on ice. Three-game week. So did Stevenson nice. just overachieve last year? Maybe. But he certainly started the season off in the right direction. Uh, centering a line with Mark Stone and playing top power play minutes should keep him going in the right direction and, uh, for the moment. And I see no reason for him to regress from last season. And... Quite frankly, there's reason to believe that he might even get a few extra points this year. Um, again, playing consistently with players like Mark Stone and playing on the top power play line is only going to benefit you if you're a, if you're a good player, even if you're not, quite frankly. But Chandler Stevenson really does appear to be the real deal. Uh, still young, on a great team, offensive-minded team, and he's offensive-minded very, very clearly. And 17 minutes average time on ice right now that's a big chunk of minutes for a Ford. Um, I, I don't I don't see how this fails for him. And if if you've got him every week, I see no reason not to dress him. I feel like we all missed the boat. Nobody dressed. Nobody picked him up in our in our league. And I feel we really dropped the ball on that. No. that that's a disrespect to the man. And so I, I apologize, Mister Stevenson. <laughs> <laughs> I don't apologize. Oh, okay. No, I, no, I don't. <laughs> Asshole. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. The next one up. Tuvo tu, Tuvo you fucking say it for me. Tuvo Teravanen. Is that right? Tuvo Teravanen. Tuvo Teravanen. So four goals, no assists, but four goals in three games on 16 minutes of ice, which is, you know, saying a lot. Four goals on 16 minutes is actually pretty good. He's got a three-game week as well. So last year's down year affected his overall uh, average draft position this year. But that doesn't mean he still can't perform and give us all a little bit of regret, which I'm feeling a little bit of right now. Playing on the second line with Kotkiemi and and Nietzsche uh, has done some great things for his game and keeping that familiarity with both those players on the second power play unit. Carolina does a good job of actually balancing out those two power play lines that there's no reason to think that he won't get a lot of playing time on that power play. Two very strong power plays um, overall in Carolina. So no reason to think that necessarily one over the other because I've seen times where uh, Brendan Morris actually preferred his second power play over his first if he sees there's a struggle. So there's no reason to think like, oh, well, he's on the second one. He won't get as much time. No, that's not necessarily true. Um, the hot hand kind of dictates things a little bit every once in a while. And Carolina is certainly one of those teams. So good player to have, uh, you know, going to score you a ton of goal and might even pick up a few apples, I would imagine, at some point. So uh, go ahead and draft him or pick him up as soon as you can. My beast. Um, kind of a big family in this one. The Buffalo Sabres starting five. Now, they got a three-game week, so let me just go over this. Thompson, Tuck, Skinner, Darlene, and Samuelson have combined for one assist, Rasmus Darlene, through two games. Yes, it's very early, but one assist through three for, through two games is wholly unacceptable. Um, they will snap out of it. Uh, they did play two games against two of the best goalies in the league in uh, Shosurkin and Sorokin, but still... This is not expected. Look for them to right the ship against Tampa, Calgary in their next two games, but ready to pull back if they can't if they can't pull it together. And maybe that suggests there's something else going on there. Because um, for as much as two great goalies, you know, can stop can do a good job against a, a top tight top flight uh, offensive team, 
I still expected them to do more than this. One assist out of two games for five out of five players. It's not like the team isn't producing. Uh, the rest of the team actually has a couple of points here and there. This line just hasn't done anything. So I'm not sure what's going on. I wonder if this is now I'll always say this too. Jeff Skinner is to me, he's the odd man out in this. You move someone, it'll be Jeff Skinner. That's why I, I said at the beginning of the year, J.J. Paterka will be the guy that gets slotted in there and you would drop Skinner back down. I, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw that at some point uh, early if we continue to see those struggles. Like if Tampa and Calgary, so Tampa is obviously without Vasilevsky is struggling now in Nets and Calgary is, well, it's Calgary. So if after those two games, Buffalo is still struggling offensively, I would not be surprised if you see possibly even that second line become the top line. I, and it's not to say... That sounds pretty rash, and it's not to say that they would become the new t- number one. No, it's just you would see that second line play a little bit more because right now their chemistry is fine. It's the first line you need to get them snapped out of it. Or maybe, like I said, maybe you put J.J. Pachurka on the top line and just see if that maybe jolts the rest of them a little bit more. And again, if this goes well, I said it before. I think this is eventually this is what Buffalo wants. They want Paterka, Thompson, and Tuck at the top line. I do believe that's what they wish they could have uh, with some consistency and move Skinner down in the second line and keep that consistency going as well because there's nothing wrong with Skinner in the second line with Cousins and who is it, Middlestad? Like that's that's fine mm-hmm. too. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think it's going to trigger if there's enough enough of a lull in their offense, it'll trigger a reaction. And I can see that making sense for them. No, you know what? I mean, when it comes to Buffalo, I, slow start, slow yeah. start, right? I mean, this, this is, and I mean, piggybacking basically on what you said. I mean, there's just too much talent, yes. right? There's, oh my God. there's just too much. So, you know, you know, the goals are going to come. I mean, we, 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 no matter which way you slice it or dice it, the Buffalo Sabres are going to be a pretty, stout offensive team uh over the course of this season uh yeah tough tough way to start the year um they looked horrible against the rangers to open to open up the year dude that i watched that game and from start to finish and what a slog like I, I, I even mentioned it on Twitter. I'm like, this is going to be a barn yeah, burner, true. you know, Buffalo and New York. Let's, let's go, you know, Shesterkin, you got all that talent uh, up front for New York. And then the same for Buffalo Levi, you know, kind of trying to find his way here and, and try to establish himself as one of the elite goaltenders in the league, man, Buffalo just did not look good at all in that first game. I mean, they haven't looked super great here to start off the year period. Yeah. But that first game was just so awful. But you know what? They've got, like you said, they've got the three games this week. They're the beast right now. But boy, oh boy, they, this could turn into a beauty in one Absolutely. week's time. That's for yeah. sure. I mean, they're just too much. And, you know, it's an exciting team. Marty and I have talked about them endlessly here to start the year. Uh, we, we've both, I'm, I'm sure I speak for both of us. We both see them as a, a, a highly a, a high octane offense. Um just a rough go to start the year here, but you know what? They'll get things sorted out. Don Granado, I like yes. him out there in Buffalo, Let, letting those guys play their game. So we'll see how uh, things play out here over the next uh, few weeks and see if Buffalo just can't, uh, you know, get themselves off the of Shania here. A little bit, hopefully, because I got Skinner. <laughs> and you don't. And there you have you it. You don't my have Tuck anymore, do you? No, nope, oh, that's, that's right. over with my your dad. That's right. So that's right. yes. he had a tough. He had a he had a tough he week did. this week there with uh, the Twin Towers and. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Timo Meyer didn't do anything for him this week either. So, no. 
but you know what? Same thing. Like, I mean, that's just a, that's just waiting to explode. So yeah. we'll, we'll, he'll have, he'll have his cookies soon enough. I'm right. sure. Uh, and like Mike was trying to say before I cut him off, there you have it. <laughs> Episode <laughs> six, five, six, six. Six in the books. It's in there. Not yeah. bad, not bad, not bad. Numero six. And hopefully my voice Done uh, deal. gets a little bit better before the next episode. And let's not forget, a little bit more love, Mr. DraftKing, Mr. THPN. Thank you very much, both of you. These aren't misters. These are big companies, <laughs> but still. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. And uh, a bientôt. Until next week. A bientôt. Have a great week. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you are interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at twoguysaleagueandsomeguests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes on our website at twogalag.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter for all of our info. Our handle is at twogalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Thanks for listening, and until next time.